But good morning. It's been a while since I've been up here speaking, so it's good to be back. Um, it's always so encouraging when you, when you prepare a talk uh, that God has already prepared the ground. And I want to commend the people who've come up this morning and shared. Um, Bob, what you said was brilliant. Uh, the testimony this morning. Uh, the seed. I'm going to talk about cultivating. So fantastic. God has already kind of shared what I want to share this morning. But my heart is, is that you guys will be encouraged this morning. So um, as Richard alluded to, we're, we're looking at the series around culture. And um, I'm speaking on the culture of faith and obedience. So faith and obedience. And last week, Richard uh, gave an overview of what values are. So values are what the roots and culture is kind of what is the output from those values. So as Christians, we would say that we should have a culture of faith and obedience. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Good. A bit of participation. <laughs> um, as always, I like to look up the meaning of words in dictionaries and um, looked up the word culture. And I thought this was a healthy explanation. So this comes into the seeds. It says it's a condition suitable for growth. And again, my heart is that Gateway has a culture that is suitable for the growth of faith and obedience and all the other cultures that we'll be looking at over the coming weeks. And it's interesting because culture can be harmful, can't it? Or culture can be good. And I would hope that if someone was to say of Gateway Church, yeah, they've got a culture of faith and obedience. Those guys do the business. Those guys do the business. And that's my, my aim today, I say, is to fertilise maybe the soil of Gateway Church to nourish a greater culture of faith and obedience. But first question is, do you guys believe that Gateway actually has a culture of faith and obedience? Yes. Yes. Mm, not sure? Yeah. Yes? No? Yes. Not sure? Maybe you're visiting the first, first time today, fair enough. But I would hope... For the guys who've been here for many years, you would say, actually, this church has done exploits for God. This church has done exploits for God because it has. And some of what I want to do today is maybe just pull back the pages a bit and look at past things that Gateway have done. Because we can forget. Life gets busy and we can forget, actually, God did that. God did that 10 years ago. God did that last year. God did that last week. But we're very forgetful as people, aren't we? We're always kind of living in the moment. And there's a reason why I think someone shared about the, the need to look back and understand, actually, if God was faithful then, and he was faithful then, and he was faithful then, why would he be any less faithful to what you're looking at at this very precise moment in time or for the future? And the next question I want to pose to you is, as a church, yes, corporately, but individually, do you demonstrate a culture of faith and obedience in your own life? And if you're not sure, maybe ask someone you trust. Maybe ask the missus or the husband or your small group or a good friend. But ask the question. Because I think it's good to actually look and say, actually, am I myself demonstrating this culture? This? Just with past exploits, I think it's also important we don't rest on our laurels. Because, again, we're, we're, we're quite often quite creatures of comfort, aren't we? You know, I did that. But to me, something will be very sad if someone was to say to me at Gateway Church, what have you, what, what's God done in your church recently? I had to look back at examples 10 years ago or 15 years ago. I would hope 
that through the journey that we're all on, that we could actually God did something last week. God's done something today. And again, I think that's the culture we want to be striving for, where actually you can give, bang, God's been doing this, 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 as a church and as individually. So I, I want to encourage us to have that, to cultivate a mentality of also of expectation. I don't know whether you come to church because your parents make you come, or it's a chore, or actually, do you enjoy coming? Do you enjoy being around God's people? Yes! I know you do, yeah. But that's a challenge, isn't it? You know, life gets busy. You can go for a bad week. Oh, I've got church this morning. Oh, I could do with staying in bed today. But actually, there is something about being God's people. And what I love is when I come here week in, week out, and I hear testimonies of what God's doing, because that encourages me. Doesn't it encourage you? If you're going through a situation, you're thinking, ah, this is really hard. Oh, hang on a minute. God's done that. And that's why I want to encourage you. It's so important that we share testimonies. So I commend the people share today thank you it's not easy standing in the front talking to people but i want to commend you it's brilliant okay so i want to encourage us to call, cultivate a mentality of expectations individuals and also as a church okay we should be you know our god's alive isn't he yes. so therefore he wants to do things in this community yeah, yeah. and you have a part to play in that okay don't ever let anyone or the devil say you you, you haven't got a part to play here all you need is a willing heart. And I'm sure, hopefully as I share, and with what maybe is coming up with the Wyvern School and that, and, and opportunities in the future, you've got, you've got a role to play. You have got a role to play. Um, one of my favourite things is, when I did a year team many years ago, New Frontiers used to do a, a year where you could serve a church. And uh, part of that was some, some training, philological training. And there was a guy called Adam Preston. I don't know many years back might know the name. Bob might. Yeah, Adam Preston, big old Yorkshireman. Out for the Yorkshireman. Where's, the, where's Tony? I'm sorry. Yorkshireman. Um, but he had a great saying, and he, he would say this. He'd say, don't say no to anything out of fear. Don't say no to anything out of fear. Because fear can hold us back. It can hold you back individually, but as a church. And I will, you know, maybe have that as a strap line. Think about it. Yeah. Don't say no to anything out of fear. Because yeah. obviously, when you step out in faith, you're naturally stepping out of your comfort zone. Yeah. And again, we're creatures of comfort. We like it comfy, don't we? Yeah. We like it all cosy and secure. We know what to expect. But to be people of faith and to demonstrate a culture of faith and obedience, you've got to get out the boat. I think it's an old saying we used to have. It means putting yourself in the firing line. It means a battle. It means a war. But the assurance that we've got that in God there is victory. So I want to encourage you today, part of that culture is, is getting out the boat, getting your hands dirty, maybe doing something that you, you've always wanted to do, but actually you, no, oh, I'm, I'm British, I don't want to put myself forward. Well, I'd encourage you, we're not British, we're Christians. We're citizens of heaven. Okay, that's what's on your passport, because we're just strangers moving through this world. So I want to encourage you, maybe as I'm talking, think about maybe ways that you can get involved. Having said that, again, I, I do want to touch on past exploits. And again, I, I felt God wanted to remind you guys of what Gateway's done in the past. I think it's good to remember. And why that, as mentioned before, is to give an encouragement and to rem- remind us that God was faithful when we stepped out in the past. In the Old Testament, they used to set what was called Ebenezer te- um, Towers or temples. Whenever they had a battle and they won, they would have a, lay an altar. And that was there to 
remember that victory. Likewise, as I mentioned already, in your lives we have altars as such, marks in the sand, whatever you want to call it, that we can look back and say, God did it then. God gave us the victory. And I think it's so important that we remember them. But I'd like some current ones too. Don't want to keep looking back. And we know there are stuff in the future that God wants us to do. And with that faithfulness, now God's faithful in the, in the past, gives us a springboard to know that when we step out in the future, that God's with us. Do you believe God is with Gateway Church? Yes. Okay. If you don't, I'll encourage you, come to the elders and say, can I see some prophetic words that have been given over this church? God has got big things for this church. And I'm going to bring some up from Keith Hazel when he first came, but there's some words that he had which I want to bring to remembrance. But there's words over this church for France, for Germany, for Poland. There's words over this church for healing. This place is going to have a reputation for healing. Did you know that? I wasn't, I didn't know about that. I'm telling you, prophetic words, God wants to make this a place that has a reputation for healing. But that comes out from actually praying for the sick and stepping out and putting yourself all outside your comfort zone. Okay, so the verse I'd like to, us to turn to in Philippians is 1, Philippians 27. And this is going to be the kind of the hang your hat on scripture that I'm going to use, but I am going to move around other bits of the Bible. So Philippians 1, 27. And I'll be reading from the ESV. Okay. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whatever or whenever I come and see you, or absent, I may hear that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. And I'll come back to some elements of that scripture in a short while. But let's start by quickly defining what faith is, since we're talking about it. I don't know if you agree with me, but I would suggest faith probably isn't a very common word used out in the world. Would you agree? It's it's not. Maybe in our circles, we use the word faith a lot, which is circles they do. But out in the world, faith isn't a word I would suggest is used very often. And when it is used, it's often used with a negative connotation. Oh, don't have faith in your leaders and politicians. England are playing tonight in the World Cup. I haven't got much faith they're going to win. I know they were quite lucky yesterday. Oh, she left him because he he wasn't faithful. So often when you hear it in the world, faith kind of actually has a more of a negative spin to it. And I would suggest possibly because of what those you know, leaders have let us down, etc., you ought to think, oh, faith, yeah, leaders. You, you have a negative perception and we can become cynical or we doubt. I don't know how you view your politicians. I think there's some... Interesting things going on in the UKIP at the moment. I'm not here to work politics, but, you know, you look and see what's going on and actually we can be quite cynical. And I I would suggest as British people, we're world-class at being cynical. We are world-class at being cynical. We love to knock people down. Ah, I knew that happened. I told you that happened. We're very good at that. So I, I would suggest that's one of the strongholds in our culture is being cynical. We are cynical people. Certainly, again, for those that know, I'm I'm a banker and I train bankers now. Um, I would suggest often in the UK, if you have a business failure, that's a stigma you carry with you. So it's often quite hard to get finance because you've had a business failure. It might have been 20 years ago. 
but you've had a business failure. You go to America, it's part, it's, it seems part of the process. I mean, Donald Trump's been bankrupt, I think, five times. Henry Ford went bankrupt. Heinz went bankrupt. They all went bankrupt, but then they all found their successful business. So there's a different mentality. But in this country, we do. And we can apply that to God. Oh, well, I prayed for that, and God didn't come through for me on that. Therefore, I'm going to be cynical when it comes to praying for the sick. Now, the whole thing about who gets healed doesn't... Is, 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 I'm not going to cover that today, but that's... A, but we can get cynical because maybe there are people here with disappointments with God where you've stepped out or you felt actually God hasn't come through for you. And I felt maybe there might be some people who want some ministry about that afterwards. But I got a sense God wants to bring some healing because you know you're carrying stuff where you've, I've stepped out for God or I prayed for this and it appears God didn't bring an answer. And it, you know it's actually holding you back. When you hear a testimony, your first thing is, oh, that's coincidence. That's just a medical profession doing that or something. If that's your first fault, I would encourage you, actually, bring that to the cross. Okay, because if we are really going to do things for God as a church, that's, that's going to be like an anchor weighing us back. Okay, and that can cause division and divisiveness in the church. Okay, what Paul said here, I'm jumping around a bit here, but... One spirit, one mind, side by side. Can we as a church agree and strive for to be those people who are one spirit, one mind, striving side by side for the gospel? Because that's what it's about. Did you know that faith pleases God? Did you know that? So who wants to be a God pleaser? Hebrews 11.6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists, and he rewards those who seek him. As a Christian, your faith is of immense importance to God. Did you know that? Whether you're sitting here at a very precise moment of time with faith that could move a mountain, or you're sitting here today with a faith the size of mustard seed, and you're thinking, actually, I don't even know if God exists. Whatever size your faith is, your faith is precious to God. Don't let the enemy rob you of that. Your faith is precious to God. You read the Bible, you read in Scripture, and you will see, especially in the New Testament, the importance of faith and the importance God puts on faith. One of my favourite scriptures, again, is in Hebrews. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. There's a hint there. The author and perfecter of our faith. And I love that because that provides me with such comfort that Jesus is in control. He's written the narrative of my faith and he will work in me to fulfil it. But I've got to look to him. So many celebrities have their life coaches. Have you noticed that these days? Again, I work for a multinational bank. I know the powers at the top all have their life coaches. Tell them how to be. So they can all spin the plates and present an image. Okay? As Christians... We have a life coach. He's called Jesus. And I tell you what, you won't find a better role model than him. You know, there's that. What would Jesus do? But if you want someone to aspire, to look up to, to help you in living life and doing it well, you won't find anyone better than Jesus Christ. You go other places, you won't run the race as well. There's nothing wrong with going to get advice from people, but it, 
Jesus should be your first port of call. Okay? I'll tell you what, if you don't know in that well, get your Bible open, read the Gospels. I'll tell you what, the respect I have for Jesus. Do you know, whenever he stepped out and did good, good stuff for God, healing, etc., bang, every time there was backlash. I'm amazed the guy kept going. Every time he healed, there was criticism. And if Jesus faced that, don't be surprised. If you step out at work, if you do something, you get backlash. When we started, or my wife, Sarah, and uh, Andrea started ESOL, it started in our home with some Polish. Every week, Sarah would get abuse from one of our elderly couples because they were Polish. We don't want them here. They, every week. But Sarah and Andrea persevered, and ESOL's grown. I mean, I think Steve prayed it earlier into what it is today. But whenever you step out, do not be surprised if there's a backlash. Okay, so as we step out for the wyvern, there might be a backlash. Well, there probably will be, because we're moving into an area where we want to take the gospel. There will be challenges, there will be battles. But take heart. Faith has a number of elements that are interrelated, so let's quickly remind ourselves of them. So faith is by grace. Faith is by grace. Faith, as we just heard, is the very basis of our relationship with God the Father. It's our decision to trust Jesus Christ completely for salvation rather than trust and rely on your own morals, good deeds, whatever. But it's solely on the grace of God. Grace is not a reward for faith. Faith is the result of grace. Number two, faith is truth. On a number of occasions, the word faith appears in the New Testament as the faith. Therefore, that tells us there is something certain, there is something trustworthy, there is something clear about this faith. It's so important that we, that we know what we believe, or sorry, so it's so important that we believe, but also we know what we believe. Okay, because you can have skewy theology. That's why we come to church, to hear the teaching. Okay, to put a good foundation in. But it's so important to know why you believe what you believe. Because again, if you start sharing, and yes, there's some great questions out there that people ask. Okay, I love apologetics, so I've often got some good pat answers that I could bring out. But actually, it challenges me to understand why do I believe? Why do I actually believe that Jesus rose from the dead? What is, what is it that I understand about it? Okay, but I would challenge you. If you honestly feel, if someone said to you, Tell me about Jesus. How do I get saved? If you think, actually, I would struggle to do that, I would struggle to know what scriptures, I challenge you, take that away, find out how you do that. Don't leave it to one or two, maybe, you know, lead Alpha. We can all bring someone to the Lord. But I would encourage you, if you don't, if you being personal now, go away and find out how to do that. Also, if you feel maybe your faith is not as strong as it would like, I'd encourage you. There's Alpha. There's that cracking course called Freedom in Christ. See the Claydons or Roy and Fifth. Okay? That will help you understand your significance to God. One of the biggest lies in our culture is is speciesisms. Basically, we're no more significant than an ant or a gnat. What does Scripture say? We are the pinnacle of his creation. Mankind is the pinnacle of God's creation. But the world will tell you you're insignificant. You're no more significant than a worm. 
Okay, it's so important you understand and you know how God sees you because that will help you step out in faith. Also, don't believe anything you, read, you see on God TV. Just put it out there or the Discovery Channel. Okay, have filters. But God's word is the truth and this truth is the ground for our faith. Number three, faith is a gift. And at times this gift of faith is given for specific occasions and needs. Okay, this is the kind of faith that looks at the impossible and cries, God can do this. God can do this. Um, Lecky's not here, is he, today? Okay, Lecky's joining the trustees. I tell you what, when that guy speaks, I love the faith that comes out of his mouth when we're talking about stuff. It it, it oozes faith. I love that because that encourages me. But I want to encourage you, what's your speech like? was at the prayer meeting. Is she here? Yes. You mentioned about speech in the prayer meeting on Sunday. What do your words say? Do your words undermine? Oh, the elders said they're going to do this, but tell you what, I don't think. Getting cynical, but your words hold power. Okay, what comes out of your mouth actually shows what's in your heart. You know, they're like toothpaste. Once it's out, you can't get it back in. Okay, I'll encourage you, when people talk to you, do they say, actually, God, he's a blooming, that Richard, he's so negative. No, not that Richard, no, he's myself, but <laughs> what I'm saying is, Richard's not. Or actually, that Steve Bree, when he talks, man, I, 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 he's popping with faith. And yes, we have faith in different things. But I want to challenge you, what comes out your mouth behind closed doors? To maybe in a small group, are you... Are you negative? Again, British culture, we're all class of being negative. Trust me, I see it a lot. I'm sure you do as well. Okay, we should be different. We should be different. And um, Andy, who we did two weeks ago, he, he said this phrase. He says, go start something that only God can finish. So I've got that written down. I like that. I know Graham like that because he mentioned it to me. But go start something. Gateway Church, just go start something that only God can finish. That might be in your street, that might be the Wyvern Centre, that might be in Africa, that might be wherever. But let's go start something that only God can finish. Have that on your tombstone. Here was a guy, here was a lady who went and started something that only God can finish. And I'll tell you what, you'll be in the Hall of Fame for that. <laughs> Faith is a channel for God's power. Faith is vital, it's dynamic, it's effective and powerful. Faith shakes lives, it shakes communities, it shakes countries. I'm sure you're all heartbroken what's going on in Syria, news reports. You know, do pray for the Christians in Syria and other places. But faith can change a nation. When God's people grab something and run with it, it can change a nation, it can change communities. Whenever we read or hear of faith in the scriptures, something powerful is happening, something powerful is shown. And let's not forget this fantastic promise that Jesus gave us in John 14, 12, 14, that we would do greater things than Jesus. And boy, he rose the dead. Anybody raised the dead here yet? Okay, we've got some work to do. Okay, but Jesus, he said, as churches, as individuals, we will do greater things. Okay, I hope I'm trying to stir something in you. A bit of, "Mm, yeah, okay. Again, that's why it's so important here, testimonies, and again, I encourage you, don't be slow to bring them. It's great. Richard serves a queue here. 
Not always an opportunity to bring everyone, but share them. Share them in the coffee time. Um, and just going back to being cynical, when you hear a testimony, I might say this already, but is, is your default, or oh, that was just coincidence? Oh, that, was just, that was just the doctors, wasn't it? Or oh, that was just... Okay, why do you do that? Okay, again, check your heart. Bring it to God. Bring it to the cross. Say, God, I need more faith. I, I, I'm negative. I'm cynical. Help me. I can, I can guarantee God will work in your heart. Mm. He can work in your heart, and you could totally change how you view things. Faith is victory. John 1, 5, 4. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. Any overcomers here today? Yeah. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. There's a promise there. Our faith can overcome the world. I think Bob said, what is it, Hudson Taylor? Impossible, difficult, done. And I said before, to have victory, you've got to face the battle. And I'm, I'm conscious there are people here in battles. Okay, I, I, I get that. And again, I said before, I think God wants to help some people in that. I think he wants to bring joy. Some people here, you're faithfully fighting, but you're getting tired. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And again, I love to pray for some people, if it's, if it's relevant, that you have joy to keep fighting that good fight. So we looked at faith. Now comes the need to be obedient. Faith and obedience are closely linked. Faith enables us to believe God's word, and obedience prompts us to fulfil it. And again, I'm going to quote back to Andy Robinson. He was here two weeks ago. He laid some great foundations that really helped me when I was preparing this. Uh, between difference between obedience to the gospel as opposed to compliance to the gospel. And for those not present, I'll recap a couple of key points that I jotted down. Obedience is more than compliance. Obedience is more than compliance. Obedience is radical action, which is born through a God-inspired revelation which brings about an ongoing change. Obedience is more than compliance. Obedience is radical action. Compliance, on the other hand, is just dead religion. And if you want to know what Jesus thinks about dead religion, read Matthew chapter 23. And you get an understanding of how he sees dead religion. But obedience, Andy said, should be one of the hallmarks of an authentic Christian life. Are you obedient? Are you obedient to God? Are you obedient to your boss? Are you obedient to your wife or husband? Okay, because again, if you're obedient, it filters through to all aspects of your life, I would suggest. And again, the verse I opened with Philippians 1.27. Only let you, your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that wherever I come and see you, or I'm absent, I may hear that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. Firstly, Paul lays out a challenge. Live a life worthy of the gospel. It's a life that promotes the gospel. Are you living for the gospel? Or are you living for your bank balance? Are you living for your career? Or are you living for whatever it may be? But Paul's challenge to us would be, live a life worthy of the gospel. And so this is the litmus test. If a close work colleague, family member, school friend, teacher, neighbour was to be asked of you, did you know, insert name, is a Christian, how would they respond? Oh yeah, 
that person. Yeah, they're always praying. I hear them worshipping in the morning. Can't walk out the door without getting a nice hello. Just a challenge. I'm not saying you've got to stand in your chair on Monday morning and publicly announce in a loud voice, I'm a Christian. Unless, of course, God tells you to. <laughs> but it was quite interesting when I left my old position. It's interesting about people who would come to Sarah and say, oh, your, your, your husband's a Christian. We know he is because the way he conducted himself. And I'm not doing that to blow my trumpet because, you know, that's not me. I'm quite a... I try to be quite modest, but... Um, that really, that really encouraged me, actually, how I conducted myself and how I handled my customers that I used to look after. Even now, I get comments. I haven't been in the role for three years. But how are you perceived in your workplace? Do they know you're a Christian? Do you make a difference? Are you the lazy one? Do you ever make the, the rounds of tea? Do you ever bring the biscuits in? Do you do things just to bless your work colleagues? Or that boss that you can't stand. Because trust me, I've had a couple of them. And they are a challenge. But Sarah's mum uses a phrase. It's called grace growers. I mean, it's great. Often when you struggle with a boss, it's there for a grace grower. But we should affect the environment we're in. In a positive way. And again, maybe over the coming weeks, other preachers, you hear more about that. But we should make a difference. We are the salt of the world. What does salt do? It purifies. Do people stop being so crude when you enter the room? Uh, room? Do people change? Oh, hang on a minute. Bob's here. I better, better, behave, better watch what I'm saying now. I don't know. There's a famous quote. Preach the gospel all the time and use words if you have to. It's not always about what you say. It's actually about how you live. And I would suggest that's probably a bigger influence on people is how you conduct yourself. Draw your attention to that Philippians 127. It said, one spirit, one mind, and side by side. And Paul writes these three statements speak to me of church strong in unity, strong in commitment, and of one accord with a common purpose to advance the gospel. It is a church knowing it has a mandate to advance the gospel, and everybody corporately is bought up, signed up, moving together. Are you singing from the same, same hymn song page, whatever, as the elders are saying, or where the church is going? Because there's big things, and we want to be a body that's one, striving together, pooling all our resources. So in drawing, or in closing, I want to, five things about obedience, I just want to, again, bring, bring to the light, and I want to highlight some of the things I believe uh, Gateway Church has done in the past. The first one is obedience is practical. So James 2.22, speaking of Abraham, says faith was active along with his works and faith was completed by his works. So we know that faith without works is dead. But real faith is getting your hands dirty. Get your hands dirty. But just some of the things Gateway Church has been involved with with the gospel. So I was was trying to reminisce. And I know there are probably hundreds of things I've forgotten, so no offence to anybody. But I was remembering the, the family fun days that we've had here, is it Park Farm? Um, church planting as a church. So Wild, Ottawa, Lille, supporting and sending others. Christmas carol service. Who remembers It's a Wrap? Yeah. <laughs> for those who don't know, we went to the bandstand in the town and we would wrap for free people's Christmas presents when they were shopping. With mince pies. I think we, whoever had a, had a DJ there playing Christmas music. That was fantastic. 
And the conversations we had were brilliant. Now, how many people remember that? It's, it's a wrap. Um, we've done debt advice. Summer church. Who's been at summer church? I tell you, that's quality. I love summer church. I hope we do it again. No pressure, Bob and Steve. <laughs> but summer church is great because people get them off the street. Fantastic. And the feedback we get. ESOL. Like I mentioned earlier, but that started because Sarah, when our young, eldest son went to school, there were Polish people flying their kids home to Poland because they couldn't go to the doctor and say my kids got diarrhoea because they didn't know how to say it. And that provoked Sarah. So she did something about it. And what I found really funny, she did the invites in English, and they can't read English. And then we, then we met on the Tuesday, they didn't turn up. I was off that week, on the Thursday, knock at the door, seven Polish ladies, we come for the, come for the lesson. I'm like, you got the wrong day. But God took something that was, that was almost foolish in the sense of English invitation, but it's grown to what Esau was. How many is it, 30 nationalities? Nations covered, languages? Um... Mums and toddlers, children, youth work, chronic pain, Alpha, Christian interaction. We've had apologetics day, and all the things you do in your small groups. Uh, when we were in Carl and Pam's small group, we had a barbecue. On that, it was a firework party at the house. We had sixty non-Christian, I believe it was there, and loads of Polish fireworks. They loved it. Man, they can drink as well, um, but they loved it. And then there's Fabe. Fabe. That was a step into the community. I know Fabe is closed, but Fabe broke ground. It broke ground. We learnt lessons. We learnt how to do things. Okay, and the Bible talks about seed dying. I want to really want to respect what Fabe's done. The lives it touched. I think thousands of lives have been touched in this town from Fabe. And we honour that. Obedience is being prompt. So when God speaks, and we're sure we've heard correctly, seek to do it promptly. Gateway Church started in 2001 with a foundation based on apostolic and prophetic words. What I love is Gateway wasn't formed out of a church split. Did you know that? It was a group of people from different counties hearing a call to come to Ashford. And I think that's why we've got a healthy foundation in this church. I really do. And to me, that's one of the best things I think about Gateway. It was based on a prophetic and apostolic word go and plant in Ashford and out of it Gateway Church grew to what it is today you wonderful people obedience is progressive this is an interesting one each steep step of faith God has asked Gateway has been bigger than the last one when we step out the next step is always bigger so we're now going for a building buying a building we've not done that before we've rented we've grown in renting we're now hopefully going to buy a building and then there'll be a bigger step after that and a bigger step. Same with your lives. When God asks you to step out, often it will be a bigger step. Would you agree with me? Is that, is that your experience? It is with me? Take a bigger step. And again, just look at social action. Just, just remembering, who, who was here when we did the outreach into Stanhope and we painted the, the stairwells and cleared, yeah, Paul and Barbara... That was when we were really small. I think we were small enough. We would call some guys over from Canterbury Church, but we cleared kind of engines from the ground and painted. There was worship going on in the old high-rise flats before they were knocked down. But that was the first ever time that we stepped out to social action. Then what happens? A couple of us going up to preach the word in 2003, 
And I think, Roy, you shared your heart about outreach to the poor. Is Roy here? Is he gone? He's not here. And God filled the carriage. It was kind of like, wow, we're doing business here. And what's really interesting then, we had a guy called Keith Hazel who came. He was a prophet. And he said this. He said, God will release to you in this community. You are praying that this community will open to you. And I believe that there are significant supernatural things that God wants to do in this church. And through this church, and as he does them, it seems to me that there will be two of them that are very special. So, they might have been one, but there's others. So there are significant things I want you to understand that God has got for Gateway to do about reaching our Ashford and the wider communities. And Keith also began to speak about the church and about gates opening. And there was more than one gate. Again, this is a prophetic word in 2003 about gates opening into this town. I mentioned before there are strong words about healing, both spiritual, physical and emotional healing, to such an extent that this will have a reputation for healing that people will come here to get healed. So I want to encourage you, for those of you who, who are standing for healing and want to believe God for healing, fight for it. Fight for it. Later on in the same prophecy, Keith says, in fact, you're going to have a project, there's a project, there's a project that you want to do and you've been pushing off this project and it's like you're that lady that kept knocking, knock, 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 hi, it's me again, Hallelujah. God has got you actually in the inner court. Your project is being considered at a very high level and I believe God says he's going to give you a favour, almost a permit, almost a licence, almost an agreement that releases something to you to allow you to take one step in the community. And the net result was we got given a building for a pound a year rental, which was the gold corn store. But that was prophesied, but out of the prophecy and a heart desire, faith was born. Okay? But that's the thing I want to encourage you, is, is when we're stepping out, there have been prophetic words about a building, about title deeds, and there's other things that God wants to do. So I want to encourage you, church, hold, fight for them, believe for them. How are we doing for time? I've overrun. Obedience is peculiar. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. The non-Christian might ask, why has that person given up the job to be a missionary? Or why has that girl who's just become a Christian given up unconverted fiancé? Is it foolishness? Not if God has spoken and is faith responding. It may be peculiar in the world's eyes, but in God's eyes it's very pleasing. And I think Andy mentioned about Noah. You know, building a boat in the middle of nowhere on land, it's going to flood. Really? You're miles from the coast or wherever. Okay, so don't be surprised if God asks you to do something. And it looks peculiar. Okay, God's taken the foolish things to confound the wise in this world. And then the last one is obedience is productive. Again, back to the analogy of cultivating growing plants. If God has spoken and we trust what God has said to us today, obey and it will be fruitful. And I think that's what we want, isn't it? We want gateway, its ventures to be fruitful. We want to see people saved. We want to see lives touched. We want to see families saved. We want to see this town changed, impacted, and further afield. So in closing, I touched, I touched on quite a few things. I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, but I want to give space. I think the Holy Spirit doesn't want to minister. I think the words that have been brought this morning. Um, but one of them is, is be honest with yourself. If you, if you are by default cynical, I would encourage you, Maybe come forward or share with somebody trying to say, look, can you just pray for me? 
I want to get past this. I don't want to be cynical about the things of God. Also, disappointment with God. And again, there may be some people here, you've got disappointments. And that's a big thing to come forward. Actually, I'm disappointed with God. God hasn't come through for me on this. And I, I just can't get past it. Okay, God wants to bring release and freedom today. And then the last thing I felt God wants to do is again bring joy. For those of you who are in a battle, I know some of you said you have been, are. Yes, ask God for joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And again, that he will give you strength to continue to fight just until you get the victory. Okay.